Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Um, the Lord is good. Great. Um, we last talked about Philip and his ministry, uh, preaching to the Samaritans. And let's do a little review in that Philip was one of, in Acts 6, Acts chapter 6, verse 3, Philip was one of the one of the seven men with good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom that was chosen to help the widows serve food. And, and Philip, obviously, you can look back from Acts 6 to where we are now in Acts 8 to see, hey, he was well overqualified to just do more than serve food. <laughs> but he was willing to put his hand to the plow and do the work of the ministry uh, where he was needed. And that is where um, I hope that some of you find yourselves. You may be overqualified. You may say, oh, I, I'm, I can do more than children's church. Or I can do more than greet or usher. Uh, but just like Philip, I pray that you are willing and able to put your hand to work wherever there's a need in this moment. Um, and then you will see the Lord bless you because if you look at Philip in chapter 8, he is preached to the Samaritans and now he is preaching to an Ethiopian eunuch. And he led Simon to salvation, uh, who was enthralled with his gifts. He was performing miracles, and he was doing great work for the kingdom of God and, and got the attention of others. And even Peter and John came to uh, lay hands on the people of Samarita, Samarit, the Samaritans and impart upon them the Holy Spirit. So now we are here in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And, but I want to give attention to, again, Acts 1.8 says, but ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and ye shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So that's what the Holy Spirit proclaimed, uh, Jesus proclaimed in the beginning, Acts 1-8. And Acts 8-1, now we begin that process. So Acts 1-8 with the proclamation, and now because of persecution, the church finally is moving outside of Jerusalem, and because of Philip, now they're going into Samaria, and then into Judea, and they're going into Samaria. And then Philip also takes it. He's probably, I think this is the first recorded Gentile uh, getting saved, accepting Christ. And so we're looking at Philip in Acts 8, preaching to the Samaritans, and then the multitudes uh, that he preached to in Samaritan. And now God has taken him from the multitudes in Samaritan. And now he's going to look at, we're going to glean some things in what he does in his ministry to this Ethiopian eunuch. So one is obedience. Can God trust you to do what he tells you to do? Can God trust you to do what he tells you to do? Acts eight twenty six says, uh, Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem, to Gaza. This is desert. <laughs> so, and then verse 27 says, he had a prayer meeting. He prayed about it. He got some elders together to determine that was a good thing. No, that, that's not what that says. It says, so he arose and went. And so here is Philip in the city of Samaria, preaching to a host of people, having a good time. Many people are getting saved or miracles being performed. And then the angel of the Lord comes to him and said, hey, look, go to the desert. 
right. <laughs> How many of us would say, I don't think that's the Lord telling me to leave this city that I'm performing miracles in and preaching and people are getting saved, and now you want me to go to the desert? Am I hearing this right? Is this what you want me to do? Why, why the desert? And it specifically says that. I thought it's interesting that in the Bible it talks about going down towards a, along this road in Gaza. And it could have just stopped there, but it says this is desert. So he wanted to be really clear that this was not the city. This was not nice-looking bastion, green grass. No, this is desert that I want you to go to. He was very clear in that. And in verse 27, Philip, being the obedient servant that he is and was, says, so he arose and went. It did not say he had a long prayer meeting. It did not say he, he fasted for 10 days and 10 nights to see if this is what, really what the Lord wanted him to do. He was in tune with the Holy Spirit, was tuned with God, and he knew in that moment this is what he want, wanted him to do. Philip's obedience was immediate. Is our obedience immediate? Are we so in tune with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord when he tells us to go to desert? We know it's him and we don't have to question it. We know exactly that it's him and then we go to the desert. Even though that may seem contrary to where we are right now. Hey, man, I'm in the city. We're having a, it's not a revival because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They, they weren't saved before. But we're having a move of God in this place that's so magnificent and so great and so powerful. And I hear the angel of the Lord telling me to go to the desert. Man, am I missing something? But he knew that it was the angel of the Lord, and that's what he did. And so he moved. So obedience. That's what we can glean from Philip in those first few verses. We also can understand that God's kingdom is expanded one soul at a time. As glorious as it was to be in Samaria and preach into the multitudes, which he was, God knew that there was a man that needed to hear the gospel in the desert. And that is good to know that God is still concerned about individuals. It's great for us to come together corporately and to hear the word of the Lord and to, and to see each other. But I want God to be concerned about me and what I'm going through and what I have going on and my issues and so this is a Holy Spirit orchestrated event. God is so concerned about this Ethiopian eunuch that he's going to send Philip in the desert to go preach to him. God is so concerned about you and what you're going through individually that he is willing to move earth <laughs> and heaven to see about you. He is concerned about what you're going through as an individual. And sometimes we don't realize the impact that our individual ministry may have. We're so concerned sometimes about the numbers and how many people and what's going on. And it's great to have large numbers. Uh, but Ethiopia was a large country at that time. It was considered everything south of, of Egypt. So it wasn't modern day Ethiopia was much bigger than uh, was small, much smaller than what it was back then. It's a large uh, slice of land that the Queen of Sheba came from. And saw the glory of Solomon's kingdom and professed the faith of God of Israel. And so this eunuch was from there. And so only God knows this. Philip didn't know this at the time. That the impact 
of this ministry that he would have on this unit to impact a whole country and not just the one soul. And so many times we don't realize the impact we have on the individual can impact a generation of people, can impact the family, can impact the, the greater family, the mother, the father, if we just witness to the one soul. And only we only see the one soul and say, well, it's just one person. But God is saying there's so much more beyond that one person if you would just believe me to do the work I've called you to do. And so this Ethiopian unit was a part of the royal uh, family. He was a worker there. Candace was the title of a certain female royalty, so it wasn't her name. It was a, just like Pharaoh was a, a title of a leader. Uh, Candace was a female authority in, the, uh, in Ethiopia. And Philip found this Ethiopian reading Isaiah the prophet. Isn't that just so convenient, right? <laughs> no, the Lord know how to set, set it up. And so many times we can be afraid and not know how someone's going to receive, and we don't know, and we're kind of questioning whether we should say something. We don't know where they are spiritually, and we have all these issues in our mind. And all along, they're reading, they have been reading the word and been interested in wanting someone to leave them but didn't have the opportunity. And soon as I've had experiences where I've said something and someone said, I had a question like, oh, God, I did not know. But the Lord knew to open that door up so that that question could be answered, so that another seed could be planted, so that their life could be changed. The Ethiopian was hungry for the word. Um, He was reading Isaiah. And so typically a scroll uh, was a very expensive thing to buy. And this showed that he really wanted to read the word. And back in that day and time, you read aloud a lot of times. You didn't read to yourself. This is common practice for you to read aloud. Even if you're by yourself, you'll read aloud in your reading. And so that's why Philip was able to hear him. So one is your, your obedience. Two is God's kingdom is expanded one soul at a time. He's about to expand it. Uh, with this Ethiopian. And they never give his name. I thought it was important that his name wasn't important as far as where he was from and the impact that that ministry will have. The third thing, God can do miracles in you for you to share the gospel. I think this is really important. God can do miracles in you in order for you to share the gospel. Uh, So verse 29 says, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariots. Now, I don't know if you understand what this guy was doing when he was riding on a chariot, so there was a horse pulling this this Ethiopian. So I'm assuming he was going pretty fast. He wasn't just trotting along. And Philip, the Lord, (laughs) the Spirit took to Philip, and I don't know what kind of shape Philip was in. I'm assuming, you know, I don't know if it was a great miracle if he was, you know, a bigger guy, but if he was a slim guy, you know, it's still a miracle nonetheless that he can overtake a chariot to keep up with them. Uh, so Philip ran to him. And again, this is where Philip hears the spirit and does exactly what the spirit says. He doesn't hesitate and say, well, look, I got bad knees, Lord. I don't know if I can run and keep up with this chariot. Maybe you should find someone else. Or do you know not my knees? And <laughs> we can make so many excuses as to why we should not do something that the Lord is telling us to do. But in that moment, God can use you perform a miracle in your life 
to do what he called you to do. Because the miracle is that Philip could overtake this chariot and run alongside it. That's a miracle. And I'm sure Philip didn't even realize, man, I didn't, under, I, I didn't ha- know I had that ability. And it wasn't his ability. It was the Holy Spirit using, using him in that moment. And so, so many times we can come up with these excuses, but God can use you, even with your disabilities and your frailties and your hiccups and hangups and whatever else you have going on. God can say, I can heal you in this moment to get the word of God to the people, to the nations. I can open your mouth. I'm shy. I have anxiety. I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert. Whatever you put on labels, we put on ourselves. God can overcome that in the moment for you to open your mouth. And witness to his people. What lengths is God willing to go through to use you to present his word? And what lengths are you willing to go through to be used by God to present his word? What are you willing to go through to be used by God? Philip didn't hesitate to be obedient even when faced with this dignitary. And again, so I'm sure Philip could realize that this guy was of some prominence, and that didn't stop him from going to interface it with him. Philip was fearless. None of that is spoken in the scripture that said uh, he looked at him as a dignitary and said, oh, I'm not worthy to speak to this gentleman who is of high statue from Ethiopia. No, that was never said. It was never said that he said that to the Samaritans, that these people are less than me. We have issues with the Samaritans. That was never Philip's issue as well. He was fearless. He realized that the life-changing power in the word of God changed his life. And he said, I want that for anyone else. And I'm willing to speak to whoever it is so that they can have the same Jesus that I have. They can have the same power that I have. Philip knew at the moment that God had given him an open door, a prepared heart. Plainly, God had arranged this meeting between Philip and the Ethiopian. This is a wonderful example of how God opens doors for evangelism. God directed Philip because God had already arranged an open door. God brought Philip there to bring understanding to the word. And the the Ethiopian was already interested. Next thing, start where they are and preach Jesus. So it says, uh, verse 32, the place in the scripture which he, had, he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shear is silent. So he opened not his mouth, and his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and he who will declare his generation, for his life is taken from earth. So the unit answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at this scripture, where this Ethiopian was, began there and preached Jesus to him. And so I say to you, it is important for you to begin wherever people are. Wherever they are in their spiritual walk, if they have a spiritual walk, if they don't, don't begin wherever they are, But your goal is to preach Jesus. So wherever they are, it doesn't matter where they are. If that's the case, if you're always going to start where they are 
and begin preaching Jesus. It doesn't matter where they are in the word. If they're not in the word, it doesn't matter if they are, if they're another religion. You begin where they are, and then you begin to preach Jesus. Not your opinion, not your politics, <laughs> not your ideas, not your issues and hang-ups about the church, your own self. No one wants to hear that. God knows I'm trying to be saved. Look at you. You're trying to discourage me. <laughs> they don't want to hear any of that. They want to know Jesus. That's the best we can, that's, that's the most important thing we can do is preach Jesus. Regarding this passage uh, in Isaiah 53, 7 and 8, which was the uh, Ethiopian unit was reading, the Jews that they had different ways they understood they identified who this suffering servant was. There were three different ways. Some thought the suffering servant was the nation of Israel itself, as Israel has suffered greatly in wars and exile and persecution. Some thought the suffering, suffer, suffering servant was Isaiah writing about himself. But I think most thought the suffering servant was the Messiah. Uh, some found that to be hard, though, because they didn't think of their Messiah as suffering. They didn't understand what he was going to do for us in that suffering. That he had to suffer. He bore the suffering on him for us. And then finally, I think this is finally, yes, finally. <laughs> the word changes the heart. Now, as they went down the road and they came to some water, and this is verse 36, and the eunuch, then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. Again, it always comes back to a heart issue, y'all. It comes right back to the heart. If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. True conversion comes from the word of God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why this is all worship. It's all we're all working together for one thing, conversion of your heart. Let's compare this to Simon, uh, which Philip had an interaction with Simon the sorcerer earlier in Acts 8. He did not have a change of heart. He was interested in the gifts he wanted, he was more intrigued about what the Holy Spirit did when Peter and John came down and laid hands. He said, hey, what can I pay you guys to get that? When the better answer is, how can my heart change so I can receive that? So the Ethiopian eunuch received something from the word that Philip was preaching. And obviously Philip didn't, so you can understand that Philip, I obviously teach baptism, so in his Starting in Isaiah and preaching Jesus, he mentioned baptism because that, how would the uh, Ethiopian know to say, hey, there's water. I want to be baptized. So he had to preach baptism. That was a part of his redemptive story. Hey, I, I identify with Jesus and I, the change has been in my heart. So now I want to make an outward declaration by being baptized. We know that salvation isn't by baptism, um, but it is an outward showing of an inward change. He was truly changed in the inside. And so the devil himself has faith in the head, but hates the truth in his heart. God wants his truth not to only be in your head, but also 
in your heart. We may intellectually know Jesus and we know the word and we know of the word and we know we know people who have a relationship with him. But the truth is, are our hearts changed? And is the word in my heart? And that, and that takes us a lot further than just head knowledge. Because when the rubber meets the road, uh, <laughs> even when I don't see it, he's working. And that sometimes that's rubber meeting the road because I don't see it all the time. But I have to believe in my heart. And I have to know, I have to stand on that. that he's working. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops working. And if you live long enough, you will realize that it's not about your feelings. <laughs> and it's definitely not about what you see. Because he is working. So sometimes we have to remind ourselves, it's not about what I see, it's not about what I feel. I know the Lord is working. He is working in our hearts. And so I want to encourage you, uh, and I'm done. Look at me. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.